0: Hi, this is Kyle Grater, and you are listening to Faith Passion Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest, Josh Eldred. Alrighty, thank you guys for joining the show today. We're very excited to have uh, Josh Eldred here. Josh is someone that I just recently have started talking to um, he's someone I met about a year ago I guess now or uh, something like that um, he started dating a girl at my church and um, college and then he came to well I'll let Josh explain that but basically <laughs> there's a weird relation where now we kind of know each other so Josh do you want to kind of give us just some basic background info on yourself
1: yeah I, I actually am not from Pennsylvania I met my wife who is from Pennsylvania and Florida and I grew up in California so I've been kind of all over the country. Um, but yeah, I grew up in California, all you know, 18 years of my life in high school, and then I went, ended up going to college, uh, well, first in California, and then in Florida, and Pensacola Christian College, and that's where I met Allison, who, that's how we're connected, is yep. through my wife, so.
0: Yeah, um, and that's funny, because growing up, I never really knew Allison at all.
1: Yeah, I would assume not. So. Yeah,
0: but I mean, I mean, she's, I think, what, a year or two older than me, um, but growing up, we never taught her anything, <laughs> but then um, you guys started coming to our church class together, and I was like, oh, like a pretty cool guy. And uh, I Thanks. don't know how, Thanks, but <laughs> at some point or another, we started talking more. And uh, now we've hung on a couple times. And so, yeah, just want to have you on here and, and talk about some things. So, first of all, okay, talk about your college experience. Where did you go? What did you study? Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yep, I went to Pensacola Christian College. I originally went for criminal justice. And uh, I went two years into that. I actually got my associate degree in it, but then I decided that this is just not for me, and I started hanging out with some business people and accountants and finance people, and I decided to switch majors halfway through. So I mean, that really put a dent in my life as far as you know timing and stuff. So
0: me yeah, and did Allison, that throw off your whole kind of it, plan for graduation. Did. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So
1: Allison actually, me even though I'm older than her, she graduated a semester ahead of me. So mm. luckily it only sent me back a semester. <laughs> anyway, good. I switched uh, from criminal justice to finance. And, um, so I finished a bachelor's degree in finance in just two and a half years, which was, uh, pretty tough. I had to, yeah. you know, take extra classes each semester. And, uh, you know, I did that last December was when I graduated married Allison right off the bat, C- came here to Philadelphia area. And now I'm working as an accountant for geo blue, which is a kind of a subsidiary, of, uh, blue cross blue shield. Most okay. people know that. So uh, working as an, in accounting and finance, and here I am
0: today. Awesome. So something we're, we're, or someone who we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, his name is Charlie Kirk, and, and you and I have talked about him a little bit in the past. But one thing that Charlie talks about a lot is the idea of not everyone needs to go to college. And as someone who I'm in college right now, I'm going to be a senior this year, uh, speaking to someone who has been in college, do you think, just because we're on the kind of topic of your college career, do you think college was necessary for you, and do you think it's necessary for most people?
1: For me, it was. Um, now, I have a different situation because most people play for college, and they're going to schools that are super expensive like I think you. you Luckily, <laughs> yeah. you have a good situation too, but uh, my college was very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, to be in finance in the field I, I am in and I've chosen to be in, yeah, I absolutely need a college degree. Okay. Uh, but that does bring to a conversation in America of how uh, – how college should be used in general for the average person? I feel like we both grew up in kind of a society where college was a must, and, mm-hmm. and people were basically saying you're not going to survive and make money unless you go to college. And yeah. I've grown that to be very true. And now, second, I think you know the mortgage debt is the America's highest uh, debt load right now. I think second to that is is college debt. Correct? I, yeah, I have to pr- probably something that. like that. It's I believe that is true. I'd have, to, I'd have to source it. So you know, if we're going to talk about you know, is college important? Is college necessary? I think that America has really, really overused college. And I think that we need now more people be more willing to create their own businesses for themselves yeah. and, and do the things that people don't necessarily want to do and do things that maybe you don't need a four year degree in college for. And, and I've seen trends of people going to college for things that aren't necessarily going to allow them to. Uh, recoup their investment mm-hmm. and so I guess that to answer your question no I don't think college is necessary for everybody and, and, and to be honest I think that we need a lot less of it.
0: Right yeah that makes sense and in, in my situation like you said I'm in a good situation where I don't I'm not paying a whole lot for school although I do go to a very expensive school but it's just the situation I mean it works out very well for me um, but I agree I think that a lot of people go to college just because like you said that's what our uh, kind of the culture has been telling us for the you know I can remember as far as back in probably junior high, it, w- it wasn't uh, are you going to college, it's where you're going to college. And that kind of whole mindset of going and then going into high school and setting up things to then go into college was always a thought of I'm not going to go to anywhere else but a college or a university. And, yeah, right. I think that, like you said, you know, we need more people building businesses. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but like even working in trades, um, absolutely plumbing, heating, that kind of thing, that isn't as um, – pushed or emphasized today but i think that is really important
1: yeah and keep in mind like uh so colleges everybody complains about how expensive they are uh first of all the, the government pays for pretty much all of them nowadays but okay. and, and that's the problem we run into but think about this is like you can pretty much find anything on youtube i mm-hmm. would say that even in my finance and accounting career i have pretty much gained all my valuable knowledge that i use every day from youtube yeah. or linkedin learning or whatever yeah so if you if you keep in mind that if people start realizing that they can pretty much learn anything when they just go on the internet and learn it yeah um <laughs> think about college tuition dropping when there's not as much of a de- demand for it and mm-hmm. and things like that just i hope that the next generation will start realizing that unfortunately i, I really don't have high hopes that that's going to happen but i hope they start realizing yeah. that and people more naturally start learning things that are valuable rather than Whatever, whatever degrees people are getting nowadays—that's
0: a great point. And and you said about um, how government kind of pays for a lot of college now; they give out these huge loans and whatnot. So that brings us into an interesting conversation. And and one of the big things I want to talk on this podcast about, which typically we don't talk about on this podcast, but I did want to today for reasons I'll divulge in a little bit. Uh, but that's politics and the big one of the big political discussions right now. Is we're well not right now, but it's been in kind of. In the conversation the past couple of years is about college and should government pay for college and how much? And there have been certain candidates that ran for president the last couple of years that believed, you know, at least, a, um, I don't know what level they thought, but at least like a basic level of maybe a four year degree at a state school should be paid for by the government. What do you think about that? Do you think it's a good idea? What do you think that would run into if we would try and implement that uh, to that, that happen?
1: Yeah, I kind of thought that, you know, I wasn't there back in the day when high school was implemented as an in- institution. I kind of thought that was the idea of high school, though, was right. to give people the government giving kids knowledge to grow up and and kind of give them the basics know mm. basic knowledge and that let them decide what they want to do with their life. Uh, but college, but you know, the conversation like you're saying is, should college be free? Or should college be paid for by the government? Uh, I think that's ridiculous, and I think that's going to put a lot of people very far back because yeah. now you're talking about um, basically de- devaluing our degrees you know i got a finance degree i worked far hard for my finance degree i worked through college to get my finance degree uh those who went to harvard they had to pay a lot of money to go to harvard and they're going to be paying for their for the rest of their life and it's an investment Mm -hmm. not a right yeah so um this idea of government should pay for college obviously from the get-go before i even had a before i even chose a side of the political spectrum i figured that that sounded like a ridiculous idea and i understand wanting to educate america but um, I think that starts with society within the high within the education system in high school and mm-hmm. elementary school and I especially think that starts with the family structures so yeah that's um, big. yeah so yeah just and, and then and then you run into problems of okay I want government's paying for my college I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get a degree in history of paintings or yeah. something ridiculous yep. and um, then you're talking about us basically having to pay taxes. On things that are, w- I would deem worthless in the sense of, you know, GDP growth. It's not going like to make that. much money for the Not going to make out. much money. Yep. Not going to make much money for the country. Not going to make much money for in general. Right. So then you get into a dangerous, dangerous area when you're talking about free college.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good response to that. Um So this does kind of bring us right into the whole grand scheme of politics. And good. like I said, I... I The reason I wanted to talk about this today on the podcast, and we don't typically do that um, because it's more of a faith-based podcast, but I wanted to talk about that today because I feel like the discussions we've had the last couple of times we've been together hanging out, whatever, at church, it usually runs into politics. And I think we agree on so much that I just kind of want to come on here, and that was one of the big things I want to talk about. Um, But to get into the conversation more of politics, you know, some people might say, oh, why do we, you know, as, you know, coming from a, a Christian background, a faith background of, like, You know, some people might say, well, why should we even care about politics to begin with? Like, that's not eternal, whatever. Why do you think it's even worth talking about to begin with, like politics in general? What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I think politics is especially important nowadays. Just seeing, you know, Kyle, I've seen basically growing up, I've seen, I'm not going to say Republicans and Democrats and right versus left, but I have definitely seen A shift in our culture yeah um certainly away from religion and i know i understand like back in the good old days quote unquote uh there was lots of bad things going on too but there's been a major culture shift um things that are not i I would deem not christian at all i'd say abortion becoming a big political talk is obviously something that christians shouldn't be for the lgbt movement and how much even though they're a small percentage of the population, how much attention it gets and how much uh, support it gets mm-hmm. um, is something that as Christians we should be afraid in our country because now, even though I, I come from the standpoint that LGBT people should kind of be left alone and have their stances and, and it's our Christian job to tell them it's wrong. It's coming to the point where Christians are now being attacked for using hate speech for just saying that that's wrong. Like now right. I am just by talking to my on podcast on your podcast, that is hate speech right, f- to a lot of people. Yep, And that culture shifted. So like you said, a lot of Christians or a lot of people we grew up with think that's not important for polit- politics, but right. I have grown to think, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. We need to be putting people in office and especially we need to be putting people in our culture and in, in cultural leadership that will kind of level the playing field here mm-hmm. and, and start allowing, um, more Christian ideologies and more Christian principles into our country. Yeah. And um, so that's where politics comes in. And I and even though we can vote, you know, talking about Trump, a lot of people say Trump's not a Christian, Trump is an immoral man and this and that. I understand that and I agree with that, except that we still can care enough about our politics to put at least a person in place who's going to pe- put other people in place and their leadership positions mm-hmm. that will fight for us that's and, right. and will – level the playing field for christians
0: so it sounds like what you're saying is um just kind of to summarize like you know for for some listening they're they're listening right now and saying okay i listen to this podcast but like you know they're talking about politics and so i'm just gonna turn this off i think what you're saying is look like you can kind of hide from politics or run away from it but the reality is it's not going to run away from you like these issues are going to affect you in your life at some point or another So like that's why we don't just run away or hide from them or don't talk about them and like like I said, this is not a political podcast typically, so it's not something I focus on. But I think it is worth talking about, especially because as Christians, we're going to be facing things, and we're facing it now, but absolutely more to come. We're going to be facing more and more of um, people and organizations and institutions cracking down on Christian liberty to um, try and instate a, uh, a moral law that isn't what this country was founded on and it's not what we believe in um so you did talk about trump and that's kind of the first person i want to talk about today um with the whole political thing um trump is kind of a buzzword (laughs) today you know it's (laughs) kind of funny yeah yeah it's a trigger word i mean it's it's funny because even just saying the name there'll be a bunch of people who go oh oh gosh here here it goes you know they're talking about him again or whatever um But I think that's funny because I don't know, at least, I'm I'm only 21, you're 25, right? So we've only really lived through a few presidents, but I mean, I don't know if there's any been a president in our lifetime or even before that where you just said the name and the name itself invoked so much rage and outcry from people who don't like him. Do you think that is true?
1: That is absolutely true. Yeah. And speaking of Charlie Kirk, who you mentioned earlier. He did a video, and I'm sure you've seen the video, but one of the things he says in the video is Trump is the only president in history who's going to be uh, le- poorer when he leaves office <laughs> in terms of money, and he's going to be uh, less despised. See, a lot of the presidents who leave office, they, they have the ability to go write books because they've gained this respect over their four years, even Bush. Right. And even though we ta- can talk about you know Bush's mistakes and people have conversations about it, it's still he was still a respected person we left office even clinton to a point was respected when he left office it was just kind of the trend and obama of course is respected and um by by the majority of people trump is the only president who (laughs) has been attacked so every every day and i Mm -hmm. just read an article today actually about how evening news is 150 times more negative about trump than Hmm. biden than they are about biden yeah and they talk and they for every 512 minutes they talk about trump I believe it's nine minutes to Biden. Wow. So so you're talking about major scrutiny, and this guy goes through. And um, it's got to say something, whether you believe he's a good man or whatever. It's got to say something about him that he does care about our country because he's still going at it. He's still trying to fight for Christians. He's still trying to fight for middle-class America. And um, even though he is basically being bashed by everybody except the silent ones. Yep. So – And then putting it into, you know, Christian aspects and you don't have to vote for the guy as your preacher, but, you you know, you can vote for the guy based on, you know, your future freedom of religion and your future of Christian outreach. Yeah. And I believe that Trump does help that. I I believe Trump is positive for those two things.
0: Great. So going into the 2020 election, um, thinking about Biden, thinking about Trump. What do you think we're going to see? Um, Maybe, I don't know if you want to give kind of like a a prediction or what just, what do you think is surrounding this election? What's the importance of it? And what is going to come out of it one way or another? Like if if Trump wins, what do you think is going to happen in the country? If Biden wins, what do you think is going to happen? And I mean, I'd be, I'd be interested to know who do you think is going to win ultimately?
1: Man. So I've been flip-flopping on who I think is going to win for months. And, you know, for, for the past three years, the majority of president uh, of president Trump's term, I was very optimistic. Optimistic about Trump. Yep, I was thinking same. this guy's got it in the bag. The economy's flying. Uh, people are generally happy, even though he didn't have the the poll numbers to show it. Yeah. I uh, you know especially in the African community, the African American community, poll numbers jumped for him. So I think that generally people were happy, and, and obviously they're just polling the people who weren't. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the past few you know, since the pandemic, I think, you know, he got major scrutiny for the way he handled it. I don't really see where the scrutiny comes from. I guess I see it a little bit, but I see that in every governor and every country's sure. leadership. Right. Um, so I started flip-flopping because he, I, I did see him make some mistakes, especially regarding BLM. I saw him, I personally thought that he made a couple bad statements, which he kind of does often, that I think pushed him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in the recent weeks, I think that it's turned around. I think that, People are starting to see how ridiculous uh, things like the BLM movement, how how not serious it has become, how how politicized it's become and how politicized the coronavirus has become that yeah. I think they're starting to not take Democrats as serious. And I think yeah, that, I would agree with that for sure. I, I think so. And I think that Joe Biden being a guy who obviously has is not all in his right mind. Yeah. Um, and I think many people say that. And I think the stat I showed you about 512 minutes, the media shows for Trump for every nine minutes of Biden. It's because Biden <laughs> doesn't talk. Right, Biden is not there. He is not yes. present. And I think that people are starting to realize, you know what? Um, we know what we're getting with Trump. Mm-hmm. Nobody actually likes Biden. I've not really seen anybody say they want to vote for Biden. It's more like...
0: He's not Trump. Uh, he, he's not Trump. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fact, I,
1: Ben Shapiro just onto his show today just came out with a poll that said 54% of people who said they were voting for Biden said they were voting for Biden because he's not Trump. Right. end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see anybody winning with no support like that. Yeah. Trump has a fan base. Trump has yeah. a base. I don't see anybody who doesn't have a base winning. Now he picked Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris. Got to pronounce it right. Yeah, Kamala Harris. <laughs> even she didn't have a base. She dropped out of the primaries very quick. So so my prediction for the election basically comes down to I just see a lot more enthusiasm about Trump. I don't see any enthusiasm about Biden. Yep. And I think media has twisted the numbers a little bit to make it look like Biden's doing better than he is. I don't think that's true. And um, I think mm. Trump has done a decent job in the past few mo- few weeks, I would say, uh, handling himself and, and attacking the issues. And I think it's going to turn out for him in the election
0: Yeah. So what do you think about the future of the conservative movement? So obviously we're both conservative guys. I would say for myself, I'm conservative. I'm not like hardcore conservative. Um, I would myself say, you know, I can kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a moderate necessarily, I'm more conservative than moderate, but I I can understand maybe certain things um, that classic liberals and libertarians would, you know, think about. But We are more, like I said, more conservative guys. What do you think is the future of the conservative movement going forward? Like we've had this president who is not um, a precedent of like of the past. Like it's you know Donald Trump is not someone who would have been elected president even I think fifteen years ago. I think it's it's a certain time. There's a reason why he's elected now. But what do you think this means for going forward in the conservative movement?
1: I I am just watching our culture shift so much mm. and seeing kids my age uh, think the way they do including family members mm. and I I really just don't see I I used to say this I used to say that Trump is the last if he wins this election this is the last four years Republicans are gonna see for a while yeah I kind of believe that on um, once again though it's hard to say because there is a silent majority out there and yeah. I am starting to realize just through interacting with people through my daily, tasks and talks and everything. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to realize that more people think like me than I thought. Yeah. So I don't have numbers for you, but I do kind of, I am starting to get optimistic that there is more people like me and you out there than meets the eye. Um, all that to say, though, it really comes down to our public school system and mm. our and our college system. And I think that if conservatives are going to have a good movement going forward, it goes back to what we're talking about with college is we got to get rid of this notion that we have to go to college because yeah. that is where they are indoctrinating all these leftists. They basically yep. leftist training grounds. Yes. And so if we get that out of the way and we can – republicans and, and and even libertarians and people anybody on the right side of the spectrum if we can get into the high schools and in elementary schools and get into the culture i think we'll have a better outlook i don't see that happening because I, I haven't seen republicans or libertarians for that matter do anything to get into the culture it's basically run by liberal democrats
0: sure so a couple of people that you and i have uh, kind of talked about in the past um it's funny, it's almost like a buzzword for us, like every time we're together, <laughs> and, you, and your wife and my girlfriend kind of, you know, always roll their eyes when we're together and we talk about it, but it, there's a couple of people that we always love to talk about. Uh, the one you already mentioned, Ben Shapiro, and the one, the other one actually mentioned as well is Charlie Kirk. The third one, um, actually more recent, was Jordan Peterson, and I want to um, just kind of touch on Peterson quick, because I think that, I mean, all these guys, I think they're thinking is deeply important, Shapiro, Charlie Kirk. Peterson. There's a lot of other people too. Um, but these are guys that definitely do not hold leftist ideology. Um, Shapiro is conservative. Kirk is conservative. Um, and Peterson is, we talked about this last time we were together, he's more of like a classic liberal, which has some conservative meanings and undertones, but also uh, some libertarian aspects to his thinking um and so here i have his i have his book um 12 rules for life have we talked about this before this book specifically we, we
1: talked about it on saturday i haven't i've never read the book
0: though okay so i'm like halfway through the book and i think that honestly if people would read this book especially um liberals and leftists Well, first of all, they would never agree with, like, half the stuff that's in here. I mean, one of the rules is do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them, which I think is just (laughs) hilarious um, and leftists would probably hate. But I actually do want to talk about that rule because I think – and you have to read the book to kind of get the whole idea on it. But basically what Peterson says there is that, like, if you're going to let your children just do whatever they want, then you're going to raise them up – raise them to grow up and go into a world where no one's going to like them because – they're just, they've never been taught, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Do you think that has any implications on what we're seeing now with people vandalizing statues, tearing down things like, you know, you know the vandalisms, um, the rioting, the looting, you know, where do you think that came from? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like it's being, you know, good parenting versus bad parenting kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can talk about all the politics we want, but when it comes down to it, it's parenting in America. And uh, obviously, there's one way to do parenting, and that's the biblical way, and that's the way that's going to succeed. Yeah. And but when we're talking about the attitude of, you know, you see these vandalizers and antifa, and even even people on the right, you know, I've seen them do their own version of their own entitlement. I'd say I'd say the 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 word to use for our generation and anybody you know above our generation or below, I don't know how it works. uh, Is entitlement? Yes. Um. Basically. They have grown up in a... Think about it. I I grew up in a country where a lot of... The iPod was just coming around and I knew like 7th graders with iPods whereas their parents didn't have anything of the sort. They had a slinky. (laughs) And so you're talking about... And so they had a lot of information at their tip. They had a lot of communication ability right at their fingertips. They had access to all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had access to music that kind of fed this entitlement attitude Mm. and there's a lot of bad things. So, so when it comes to, when I think of looking at people who just want their way and in both sides of the political spectrum have become so argumentative. Yeah. It's because of an entitlement attitude. It's become the attitude of, I get what I want when I want it. And if anybody disagrees with me, they're wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to waste my day trying to prove they're wrong. (laughs) And obviously that is extremely dangerous. And I've seen it on both the right and the left. So when it comes to Christian parenting, um, even though it may seem harsh because you know all the other kids will have iPhones and <laughs> all the other kids will have social media, and uh, let me tell you, I when I have kids one day, I'm certainly not letting them have access to what's gonna be what they're gonna be able to have access to. Sure. Uh, it might sound harsh. It might parents might judge you for it. Other parents might judge you for it. Kids might make fun <laughs> of them, and there's got to come a balance. But Christian parenting is basically making yourself the authority as the parent and, and making yep. sure those kids respect you as the parent and 100%. know that all the decisions you make are because they want, you know, the parent wants the best for their children.
0: Yeah, so. I think that's so true. Um, and I, that kind of goes along with the whole idea of, like, the culture war. Um, what we're seeing now, I mean, there's you, – you said this a couple times now, and it's so true. You said Republicans are good at winning elections and making policy and all that, but the thing that we're just terrible at is um, – working with the culture and trying to make changes with the culture, the, you know, the, the popular culture, and I think it's funny because I think the left an- tries to deny this in a lot of their speech and rhetoric, but the popular culture absolutely is left-leaning. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's, 100%. It's, it's not blatant. Even, it's not even close. Um, it, it's, it you know, and kind of the, the clear example of that is what we said earlier. The fact that the, the, the name Trump is a buzzword, mm-hmm. like, to so many people. And it's... Although, like you said, there's, there may be a silent majority. If you go into a restaurant and you're sitting down, you know, whatever, uh, with your family, friends, eating, and you bring up the name Trump and you say it loud enough that other tables hear you, you have a decent chance that you're going to have someone come over and maybe not, like, assault you, but maybe say something like, oh, like, you support Trump, how could you? Like, it is definitely the culture to be anti-the right, anti-Trump, even pro-left and to be outspoken about it. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's because we're being painted as bigots and we're being painted as racists and yep. painted as everything because media, like you said, they, they control the culture and the culture has basically implemented this mindset that anybody on the right, even it comes to, they they don't like when people disagree with them. The left yeah. does not. And Republicans in that sense have failed. In, well, we've done a good job, but in that sense, I kind of have failed the culture because as as I am a person to the right, I don't necessarily care what somebody else believes. As mm. long as I have my rights to believe what I believe, right? I don't care. The yeah. left, however, they say I, I believe what I believe, and I want everybody to, and I'm right. going to make sure. So that's where they have, that's where they've grabbed culture by the neck, is because they've basically had that mindset and painted everybody, everybody in our culture growing up, that the right, not only disagrees with us, they're evil, they're racists, this and that, and. Yep. Seeming how, you know, Christianity is more on the right than the left, I'd say more often than not. Yeah, right. That can be true because you you can't tell me that all the Christians in the country are are wicked, evil human beings. I I know too many good Christians who are on the right who are very good people. Yeah. And um, so there's obviously something correct Hmm. on the right side of the spectrum. And that's obvious when you talk about abortion policies and LGBT policies. So, anyway, not to to beat a dead horse, but. um,
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So, Josh, this one kind of closing question: What do you think is gonna get our country back on a course of having um, biblical values and uh, kind of things you touched upon, like you know, with, like abortion things, like valuing the life of the unborn? What do you think is gonna be the make the change in our country to get back to a place um, as the president has said to make America great again? Yeah.
1: Uh, well. There's two answers to this question. Number one is the Bible does say the world walks worse and worse. And every day we get closer to the – every day that goes by, we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So in that sense, is there anything we can do? You know, the Bible pretty much says, like, (laughs) the world will get worse. Sure, But, you know, we don't know when that's going to be. And the world has jumped up and down. I mean, you're talking about – the Holocaust was only years ago, and we're certainly not in a world where the Holocaust is going on. Sure, right. So is there a way like It has gotten been, better since then. It has Cle- gotten better. Clearly, <laughs> So obviously there is a way for America to get better, yeah. not necessarily for the long term, but for the short term. Sure. This is how we do it. I grew up, and this is... I don't, I don't know who the demographics of your listeners, but they may agree with me on this. They may relate with me on this. I grew up in a IFB, Independent Fundamental Baptist. Oh, uh, okay. I grew up in that. I do not have any sort of problems growing up with that. I don't have any sort of victimization attitude like a lot of my friends do. Sure. But I do see, I did see growing up in IFB, um, although there was a lot of good that came out of it. A lot of people I saw get saved. A lot of people come to Jesus. I did see definitely a mean-spirited attitude for towards anything that was more i guess modern than the ifb
0: movie. Yeah, anything Any, anything left of, of absolute right. Yes. <laughs> kind of idea. <laughs> Abs
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anything left than they were yeah. was all of a sudden and I, I
0: wouldn't even say maybe left, just like not at like not as dogmatic or strict yeah. or as, you know what i mean?
1: Yep, go through, those are good words. Yeah. Not as strict, not as standard. not as preferential. Yeah. yeah, right. Um so i grew up and it was certainly preferential preaching. It was certainly this and that and although there was a lot of good there was there was no i felt like the friends i grew up with and even me to a point, I felt like I grew up with this mindset of if a church had a drum set, it was a wicked church. and <laughs> yep, It wasn't a church same. with doctrine. And <laughs> right. I think that when we start, and I just had a conversation with this about a pastor who did grow, go to IFB school and he agreed with me on this, um, that once we started making, segmenting our Christian, you know, denominations like that. Yeah. I think that's where we really ran into a problem yeah. as a, as Christians, at least. Yeah. Uh, because now you have what I see in my own friends and very close relatives. I've seen them not only go away from IFB preferential preaching, they've made it their enemy. Okay. And it's become so unhealthy. Yeah. And it's become so dangerous because – their mindset is basically: if IFB did it, we're going to do the opposite.
0: Yes, I have definitely seen that. <laughs> so
1: I have seen, and I I have seen this firsthand cl- to people extremely close to me, yeah. and um, I have had conversations in the past weeks of this happening, and it starts getting to the point where now they have political views that are anti-Christian, social views that are anti-Christian, biblical views that are anti-Christian. Yeah. All because they're enemies of the IFB. Yep. So I had this conversation with the preacher yesterday of. That's a bad thing. Uh, we can't, we had, we start, and I, I will blame a little bit of IFB for this, because they started painting the new new modern Christianity churches as, as bad, sure. and these new churches are now painting IFB as, yep. as bad. <laughs> yep. We have developed the war inside Christianity to where, how are we supposed to reach people? How are we supposed to influence America if we can't even agree on one thing? Right. And that is the Christian mindset and Christian principles. And so... To answer your question, is there a way we can change America? I would say it starts there. It starts as Christians coming together and not f- bickering with each other and not, f- frankly, fighting with each other on Facebook and yeah. social media. Uh, once that happens, once if that doesn't happen, we can't see any sort of change. Yeah. And Republicans can forget their policies they want to pass. Uh, we will not see anything. We are more, moving more left as a country, and it will keep going that way until Christian principles are established.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a ton of fun. I'll have to do it sometime again soon. Um, I've kind of been doing more or trying to do more um, interviews like this. I'm doing one tomorrow night, actually, with a couple of friends who are worship leaders. So we'll we'll have you on the show sometime again soon, I hope. And uh, yeah, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, no problem, Kyle. Good to be here.
0: Hello, and welcome to Faith Passion Podcast today. My name is Kyle. Today we're going to have an awesome show.